The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of arrowheadpride.com. As promised, it's a jam-packed from the podium with a lot of Zoom press conferences, nine to be exact. If you want to check our description, it'll have exact timestamps of when you could find these interviews, but I'm going to read the order for you right now. Offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive lineman Frank Clark, cornerback Rashad Fenton. We'll take a quick break, then we'll hear from special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, punter Tommy Townsend, quarterbacks coach Mike Kafka. Our second break will happen, then we'll hear from wide receivers coach Greg Lewis, defensive backs coach Sam Madison, and finally linebackers coach Matt House. Again, check the description if you want to hear from an exact coach. Right now, we're going to start with the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Here's Eric Bieniemy. Good afternoon or good morning. Good morning. Uh, we've had some guys competing their asses off in training camp. It's been a, a great ride so far. We've had some guys come off the uh, off of injuries and contribute. Got a few players down, but you know what? We understand, hey, the next man is up. It's been a very competitive camp. Guys are having fun. And I'm just enjoying the energy and the competition between both our units. It's been a lot of fun to be a part of, and it's just been fun to watch. So with that said, fellas, uh, any questions to start? Let's go to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, E.B., how you doing? Doing good. How you doing, Steve? Not too bad. Uh, yesterday, Coach Tobe and Coach Madison shared with us that Andy always allows his players to have open dialogue, even more so now with everything going on in the country. Uh, being a former player, uh, how much have you shared with some of the guys of your experiences, not only being a black athlete, but also as a black man on and off the field? Uh, and also your thoughts on guys using their platforms to bring awareness to social injustices in this country? Well, first of all, Coach Reed has been the same ever since I've known him. You know, since playing for him in 1999, he was always that way. He wanted guys to allow – he wanted to allow guys to let their personality show. He wanted the true man to, to, to sit there and shine if he had something on his heart and on his mind. Uh, one thing with our players, uh, they've done a hell of a job of just expressing to one another, having open dialogue, and I'm very proud of the fact of what we're doing. It's about time that we start having voter registration. How about kudos to Pat? Kudos to Tyron. You know, how about uh, having the back of the organization with Clark, Mark Donovan, also with Veach? You know, it's just a testament to the environment that we have. And like I said, the chemistry here, and you guys have heard me say this before, it's a unique situation because the guys like each other. 
We may not always agree, but you know what? They find a way to respect one another and come together with a decision that's going to be best for the organization and for us moving forward. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Coach. Good morning. I, I was curious about uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I, I, we know a lot about the team returning so many guys, but when it comes to Clyde, a, a big obstacle to getting on the field early is pass protection. Do you guys feel confident in where he's at there now within two weeks to go into the regular season that it's going to be okay to, to protect Pat in there? Oh, yeah. In, in fact, I'll say this. Dillon has done a hell of a job. And I'll tell you what, he has a great room of people to work with. Okay? So Clyde is not only uh, receiving some coaching from, from Dillon, he's also receiving some coaching from the veterans, Sherm, who's been helping him out tremendously. And then on top of that, you know, he got a bunch of backs that's, that's played a little while. So Young Daryl Williams has been outstanding in helping him with his technique and just teaching him all the calls and the things he should expect versus coverages or just certain things that he's seeing. So am I going to say he's perfect? No, nah, he's not perfect, but I've enjoyed watching the progress that he has made each and every day. And then when you got a kid that can explain to you why he made a mistake, that's when you know he's getting it. So he's doing a heck of a job. You know, I know he's going to do everything under the sun to help us to do better than what we need to. But also, too, he understands the importance. If you don't protect that damn quarterback, you can't play. Let's go to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, uh, thank you so much, Coach. I'm uh, glad you're What's going on, Darren? How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good, man. I look forward to seeing you again real soon. Uh, kind of following up on what Steve had asked and then uh, a little bit about what Pete were asking, you know, how, how, has, how has it been on football question first? How has it been trying to, um, you know, see the players in, I guess, in the live atmospheres and practice and stuff, and then what you're seeing during training camp, knowing that you're not going to get a preseason game and how you make your decision on who makes the final cut. And then also, of course, uh, you know, looking back, of course, you know, you are a black man. That part is obvious. But um, there are NFL players who have talked about possibly boycotting uh, the first game of the season. Now, I don't know if the players are going to go to that extent, but if the players decide to take a knee, will you, uh, as an individual, as a Chiefs coach, uh, along with your, with your um, uh, colleagues, uh, take a knee with them? So first of all, to answer your question about training camp, our guys have done a heck of a job. It's been, it's been a little different due to the times that we're living in with the pandemic and everything. But the thing that our guys have done a heck of a job of is just improvising and adapting. One thing that we've learned here togetherly, together collectively as a staff is to remain flexible. That's one thing that you have to be when you're coaching with, uh, with Coach Reed. But also, too, our players have remained flexible and they've been poised under pressure and they've adapted to the schedule and they've caught on and they've, they've, they've excelled. They've been working their tails off. Like I said, it hasn't been perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. But one thing that we always want to do, we want to strive for perfection in order to achieve excellence. And I think our guys have the focus and the mindset to do it the right way. We've got plenty of vets who are guiding us and leading us. Now, we're talking about what's going on in the world. I mean, there's a lot, you know. I'm 51 years old this year. I've seen a lot. I've been around a lot. But here's the thing that I love, that our guys are doing a great job of. There's nothing that gets me more excited than watching what Pat and Tyron have done with the voters' registration deal. I mean, that is, that is outstanding. That is huge. That is a huge step in the right direction. We got players donating money in the black community, making sure 
that not only that the finances can make a change, but also being there. Okay. We had a number of guys who understand the difference between what's right and what's wrong. And I'm going to say this again. Okay. We got a bunch of guys on this team that like each other, that care about one another. We have a great culture and it starts from the top. Okay. It starts with a great owner in Clark Hunt. Okay. And it just trickles down. It trickles down to Mark Donovan, giving guys a voice. Okay. It also trickles down to Brett Veach. And the things that he does, making sure that these guys are confident in their actions and what they're doing and what they're saying. But also, too, you know, more importantly, it's with Coach Reed, allowing these guys to allow their personalities to show and understanding that regardless of, of what decisions that we're going to make, we're going to make them together. Those guys are going to take care of that. And we're going to support our players 120% in everything that they do. We've got three hands up. Let's go right down the line. Herbie, Adam, and then Nate. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. Always a pleasure. Hope you're well. You, you <laughs> mentioned good. good. You, you mentioned you. the you mentioned the COVID environment, and you know, um, there's two questions here. How surprised are you, or how pleased are you are that, that you are able you were able to get to this point where you are one day away from wrapping up training camp, and then on wrapping up training camp. What players have jumped out to you and surprised you on offense? Well, so to go back to the COVID deal, it's been, it's been a long offseason. It's been a challenging offseason. It's been one that, you know, I mean, been challenging not only to us here as Kansas City Chiefs, but it's also been challenging to everybody that's experiencing this in this country. And we want to be very sensitive to everybody's issues and what's taking place. Uh, yes, it has been tough. It's been tough with the families, you know. But the thing that I'm proud of is that the organization is finding ways to do it the right way for us to provide a way. You know, I think what we're doing is, is a great example for, for many others to do around the country. And to be here and to have an opportunity to do what we love, I think that's just a blessing, you know, and just the accountability. So far, so good. Everybody has been doing the right thing and making sure that they're staying out of harm's way because everybody has different issues that they may have to have to deal with. And that just goes to show you the love and the trust that we have from top to bottom. Okay. And then just talking about with the players, with, with training camp, these guys have worked their tails off. You know, I know you guys have heard me yelling and being loud and vocal, you know, yelling all the positive good things and uh, <laughs> being very supportive. But these guys have worked their tails off and I'm proud of them. And we're less than two weeks away from game day. I couldn't ask under the circumstances for guys to come out and do a better job than what they have. Now, we'll continue to work. We're going to continue chopping wood. We're going to continue grinding on these guys because when it's all said and done with, we want to be at our best when we kick this thing off in less than two weeks on Thursday night. Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Eric. How are you doing today? Doing good, Adam. How you doing? Good. Yeah, we've heard you yelling once or twice during practice, so don't worry about it. We, you came through loud and clear. Um, a couple things for you. Um, just wondering, with all the unusualness of this season, does this felt like camp to you, number one? And number two, um, I want to go back to something you said about Edward Zolaire earlier. You said that um, – I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but you said – um, he, he can tell you at the end of a play maybe something that he did wrong on that particular play. I was wondering if you can give us an example or two of maybe something that he where he did that. Uh, so, 
talking about camp, has it felt like camp? Now, it's felt different. It was, an, it was an adjustment to start with, especially with the ramping up phase. And you guys got to understand, we're creatures of habit. We've done it one way here <laughs> since I've been here. And then you guys got to understand, every organization primarily that I've worked under comes from this background. And so when you're used to doing it a certain way, sometimes change is hard. And with everything, with the schedule and how it all worked out, it was challenging, not just for the players, but it was challenging for the coaches, making sure we can get the schedules right, making sure that we're keeping our guys involved and they're understanding that, hey, they have to remain flexible with the schedule. So it's been great because it's helped us to grow. It's helped us, just like I said, it's helped us to remain flexible through it all and to learn how to improvise and adjust. As we do know, things happen in life. You got to be able to navigate your way through that course when things ain't uh, just such a straight and narrow. But um, your next question here about Clyde, uh, the thing that's important, you know, when you're talking to him, because certain times with technique, he'll go in there and not utilize the, the, the proper technique. And that's not what I'm talking about. It's more about, hey, understanding what did the quarterback call? What did Pat tell you? What did the center communicate? What did the defensive front tell you? What did the rotation in the secondary tell you? And so he's starting to see all of that. And that's when you know, okay, you know what? He's starting to get it. You know, I'm watching him have conversations with those guys. I'm hearing the conversation and the answers that, and the feedback that he's given to me. And the important thing is, is not only is he talking to me, but I can hear him talking to Sherm and, and talking to young Darwin and Daryl. And those guys, are, they got a nice chemistry. And that's, that's the thing that you want. You want those guys having an understanding on how to fix it and how to make it right. It doesn't always have to come from us. Okay, and that's the beauty of the environment that we have. We have a great culture. These guys are working their tails off. They understand that, hey, regardless of who's in there, okay, we all got to be accountable and we all have to know exactly what we're doing and how to do it. Let's go to Nate Taylor for the last one. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Eric, I have uh, two topics for you. Um, you may not know all 32 owners, obviously, but, but what do you think makes Clark such a – model representation for where the league should go in terms of ownership right now, based on the things that have gone on. And then secondly, speaking of the voter registration, if the chiefs are able to have Arrowhead stadium be a place for people to vote, what emotions will that um, invoke in you? If you do see that come to fruition on election day. Okay. So <laughs> you asked the question about Clark. I mean, just look at the history. I mean, hell, I mean, one of your original AFL teams. Look at the names of the people that was drafted here. I mean, a lot of those guys came from historical black colleges. A lot of those guys represent themselves, have represented themselves not only as excellent athletes on the field, but off the field as uh, commendable citizens. And they're in the Hall of Fame as well. So that says a lot, not only, okay, about Clark, but just the family that he's been a part of. And that's one thing that we appreciate. The, the, the hunts understand exactly what has been going on in this world because they've seen it, all right? They've inherited it, 
All right. And I guarantee you when Lamar Hunt was alive, bless his soul, during that particular time, I'm sure he experienced a number of things when he first started off with those particular players playing for his NFL team. So that's what Clark has. And Clark has lived through that. And what better person to be a role model? And then uh, as uh, you talked about, you know, trying to get uh, the stadium here for for as a place where uh, people can come and vote, that would be just historical, you know, why? Uh, I just remember growing up as a, as a young kid, you know, when I turned 18, it was two things I was going to do. Well, a few things. First of all, I was either go, I had to get a job, I had to go to school, I was going to join the service. But on top of that, my mother told me, your ass is going to vote, okay? You are going to vote because we fought for this right, all right? And how about that? These guys have stood up, okay, and said, hey, let's make this right. Let's make it where everybody can have an opportunity to come to the stadium and vote. This is... I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the people that we have in this building, but I'm also proud of the people that have provided the light and the way for them so they can come out and be free to be who they are and, and, and speak freely to the world about what's going on and making the change. Coach E.B., we appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. You guys take care. Frank, how are we doing, my man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, man. Uh, I just want to ask this question of actually all the players. Uh, you know, a, a common term around, you know, any, anywhere you see is a lot of black men say that they're exhausted, they're tired. My question to you is simply, are you tired? Are you tired of everything that you see in the sports kind of provided a little bit of a distraction for you? Um, yes, I am. You know, um, I, got, I got a family. I got kids, man, and they are uh, – you know, they're going to be forced to learn about this stuff, and I might have to explain it to them at, at some point, you know, in their life. And that's the most difficult part, you know, because that's the most difficult part that I have to deal with. You know, I can only speak for myself. It's because I know one day I'm going to have to explain this. They're going to ask, and I got to really explain it to a point where they understand. And um, that's the most difficult part because it's, a lot of this stuff is going to be hard to, you know, it's going to be hard to, you know, keep it real and explain them because, you know, I wasn't educated like I should have been, you know, growing up on these things that was happening in, in the times in the past, you know, Rodney King and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just having to educate my kids on this stuff and, you know, literally have to, you know, and it's, it's on the Internet. This is a world where everything is on the Internet now. So they're going to be able to see it on the Internet and see, you know, not just what's going on today, but the things that have been going on the last few years. Um, to be more specific. So, yeah. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Frank. Good to see you, man. Um, kind of following up on what Harold just mentioned, uh, a lot of guys on this team have sort of acknowledged sort of the historical moment you guys are going to have to raise a banner on opening night, what that means for the franchise. But also you're going to play the first major football game in the country since the Super Bowl. I just wonder how much do guys understand – the significance of what you guys are going to have in front of you uh, less than two weeks from now? Um, I mean, some guys don't don't have a clue because, you know, most of them haven't played on the opening night. You know what I mean? Or, you know, you got guys that's filling in roles and coming in and playing in big games, you know. Um, so it's going to be a lot of pressure on them. But to that, I can say that you got to um, just take it all in. You know, you're coming off a good season where we won the Super Bowl. Not, not as good as we um, – should have started the season, but, um, you know, when you finish winning the Super Bowl, it kind of, you know, takes away all the bad. But um, we just want to start strong. I feel like we came off of last year um, starting kind of slow off the, the success they had the year before. 
So, um, and then myself coming in, uh, you know, with everything, all the distractions to getting paid or, you know, all this stuff going on and um, with the injuries and stuff, me starting slow, me being a player who I am and me knowing who I am, you know, I can't afford to start slow, you know, because I know it can jeopardize my team. Um, and then with everybody else, um, it's just pushing our offense to get better, you know, not letting them get complacent and settling into, you know, that complacency thing. And then for us, it's, it's humbling ourselves and understanding that it's more work to do. You know, um, we understand that we got a great offense, but, you know, we want to be an even better defense, uh, you know, see some more flash to what happened, you know, towards the second half of that season rather than, you know, the first half. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Frank. What's going on, man? How you doing, Sam? Good. Um, I'm wondering just what sort of conversations you guys have had for, uh, as players as far as potential demonstrations or, or protests on opening night. Oh man, yeah. Um, it's it's too early for that. I feel I feel like I mean, it's it's been conversations, of course, but um, it's been a lot of a lot of focus on football too. Honestly, uh, we spent so much time away from this and dealing with it, this is something that we're gonna continue to deal with. That's what you gotta understand. That's what I understand. You know, the, our country. If they think that another black man isn't gonna get killed by a police officer, I feel like everyone's confused. You know, I feel like if if we don't think that it's gonna happen again and continue to happen, we're confused. It's just at this point we have to do something about it. And um, like you said, it's just it's just we're gonna be confused, man. It's just man, it's it's just crazy, you know. Go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah. That's crazy. Morning, Frank. Um, I have two questions for you. First thing, I, I was wondering, you had a sickness at the beginning of camp, and I know you had some issues with the stomach last year and even dating back to Seattle. I, I was just curious, generally speaking, how you're feeling. And then number two, now that you've been with two franchises and you can kind of compare the two after a year, what's the best thing about being a Kansas City Chief? Man, it's nothing like uh, the competition at practice, just how hard we work. Um, and I just I've been a part of many football programs, you know what I mean? Uh, not many, but, you know, college and um, high level program. And, uh, man, we work so hard. We work. Uh, Andy Reid, you know, he's a hell of a coach and he pushes us so hard every day. Um, there's guys who, who practice through injuries and do things that they probably shouldn't do because, you know, and it's all based off us not wanting to disappoint coach or us not wanting to, you know, go out there and not um, – be, have our teammates backs and I feel like that's important when you got everybody bought in and everybody believing in each other you know from top to bottom from the coaching staff and the front office all the way down to the players the staff under us and the shit even the janitors you know everybody just it's all it's all a common goal and it's all the same goal and it's all just aiming at winning the AFC championship it's like we've got three more let's go Darren Steve and then Todd go ahead Darren hey Frank how you doing my brother um mm-hmm couple of things I, I don't know i don't think you really answered peace question i know you've had uh, like you said stomach issues what yeah. is the cause of that or you know and how do you uh work on that and then the second part um look i i <laughs> I, I gotta ask this because i and i'm and, and i'll ask others but you know you see chiefs fans of course they they cheer you on when you're you know winning and you're leading you lead an organization to a super bowl and they want you to kind of like lebron james shut up and dribble but you know but when you but when you decide to take a stand you know, and, mm-hmm. and you and you speak out Black Lives Matter, 
um, and, and you, you know, and you're, you know, you're doing what you're doing with the voter registration, what you did with, with the four-year-old that we talked about a few weeks ago. What would you say to those Chiefs fans who, 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 who just want you to stick to football and, and, and not do all this quote unquote political stuff as though you're like, you're volu- like you're wanting to do it, but it's being thrust upon you. Uh, I just says it's a place for everybody, man. And sometimes you just got to stay in your place. You know, everybody don't have the platform to do um, what we do. You know, everyone doesn't have that, that, that platform that can reach multiple peoples and um, do the things that we do. So I, I just feel like that, you know, you just got to stand your place with certain things, man. If you're a fan of the game, you're a fan of the game. You know, you don't got to be a fan of the person, you know, or a fan of that person's personal preference to, you know, what side they on with, with a movement or what side they on politically. You know, I feel like that's a lot of people's problem because they feel, they feel too strong about how another person feels and they should really be worried about their own feelings. But, um, on my on my on my um thing with the injury and stuff, it's just uh yeah, it was it's it's it was frustrating because my stomach, man, is uh you know, you I had surgery a few years ago and um, you know, just battling through. A lot of people don't know. Of course I don't I'm not man, I'm not about to go around telling everybody my stomach hurt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sick, all this stuff, man, but you know, um I get it it just takes a lot out of me. Just physically, it takes a lot out of me when my stomach starts acting up. I have episodes. Basically, it's like I, I have real bad acid. So when acid gets, get, I'm eating foods that has acid and stuff like that of that nature. It just builds up, and I got to take my acid blockers and stuff like that, and um, my my pills and all these different things. And I got to eat lighter, man. I got to hydrate and do these things more. So um, it's just kind of one of those things. When I when you get, of course, when you get out in camp. We go from being at home all day to, you know, all of a sudden we out there busting our ass, you know, and eventually things like that are going to happen sometimes. You know, my dehydration is different from the average person's dehydration. I get dehydrated, man. I might need a hospital because I need some IVs. You know what I'm saying? I need I need the right fluids um, and things like that. So just um, me being able to get past that, honestly, I got past that and I had little episodes every once in a while. Um, the last one I had before then was before what the Patriots game. So, uh, I just had little episodes every once in a while if I don't got my right medication, but, um, we got all that under control. My the staff up here, you know, they do an excellent job of taking care of me, man. And, uh, hats off to Rick and his staff up here. Oh, Julie too. You know, that's my dog. She hold it down. But, um, but yeah, shouts out to them, man, because they, they did a hell of a job of just making sure, you know, I was good, getting me back out there. And, you know, now I'm rolling, getting my feet up under me, and I'm ready to go into this season, man. Got the last two. Let's go Steve and then Todd. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, what's up, Frank, man? How you doing? What's up with you, brother? Not much, man. Uh, you said you, you, you have to worry about your, your stomach. Um, you, you also have to worry about explaining to your kids uh, what's going on today's society. Um, not only that, but COVID's still out there, training camp, uh, mm-hmm. just the racial issues, and most recently, right. Kenosha, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yeah, so uh, just how hard is it as a black athlete, uh, is it for you to go out there and focus on what you need to focus on on the field as you're preparing for uh, Thursday night's football game? I mean, it's hard because all they want us to do is play football anyway. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, um, you know, you have a job and you have to um, – you, you, it's your duty to, to – to, you have a contract and you have a job. And when you have a job and you have a contract, you know, it's your job, <laughs> you know, to finish that. So 
whatever it pertains to. If they tell you you got to be somewhere, if they tell you you got to do something, you got to do it. The frustrating part is when you want to speak out about certain things or you want to um, use your voice and your platform to speak out about certain things and you don't have the courage to because of, you know, how something in that organization may be ran or how you may feel, you know. Um, so it's kind of hard. But like I said, when you can take small groups and you can take your people who, who, who can reach certain other groups, you know what I mean? You can educate your children. You can educate your, the people who might not understand your homeboy in the hood who might not be watching TV or understand what's really going on. When you can understand them, I mean, when you can, um, when you can make them understand it a little better from, you know, your point of view on the level of what you are on, you know, I think that's where you start. It's controlling the, what you can control. And that's the person next to, you You know. Let's go to Todd Lebo for the last one. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Frank, uh, you've been in the league long enough in a couple of different organizations here. Do you think the, the league is in a better place as far as these social justice issues go than it was when you first got into it? Have you seen any progress the last few years? And are you, are you hopeful for the future? I mean, you see, you see actions and people doing things and try to do things and, you know, um, you see protests, you've seen peaceful protests, you've seen every different type of protest you can see, but it still hasn't been nothing that's changed. Um, I feel like that's society, though. It's going to be hard to see change when, um, you know, the action to start it and the things that's leading up into it doesn't change. you got a lot of laws in place that protect um, certain groups of individuals. But at the end of the day, um, like I said before, you can only control what you can control. you got to do more of that. Frank, we appreciate your time today. Thank you. I appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all. Hey, Rashad, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Adam. What about yourself? Good, thank you. Um, just wondering what parts of your game you feel have come a long way since maybe end of last season. Do you feel like there's some areas of your game that you've really worked on and, and tried to improve and, and it showed up uh, here in camp? Um, of course, just, just more so just letting the defense get in a better grasp of the defense and how everything is flowing, not not just my parts, but also the, the other players I'm, I'm on the field with. Let's go to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Rashad. I'm going to ask the same question to pretty much every player today. Obviously, in light of everything that's been going on with uh, not only uh, Jacob Blake shooting, but everyone that's happened in the last, you know, hundreds of years of society, honestly. Yes, there's a common expression going around that everyone says that I'm exhausted. I'm tired. How tired are you? Um, you, you, you know, you too tired. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just the fact that that can be my father. That can be my uncle. That can be me. You know what I mean? So just putting that, that, that into perspective of um, just treating everyone equal, man. It, I don't know why it's so hard. Why is the discussion to, to get treated fairly? Let's go to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Rashad. Hope you're well. Um, doing great. You saw some action on defense last year. You saw some action on special teams. I think um, you played like 30% of the special team snaps last year. You're probably in line to see a lot of action to start the year with, with Bashad Breeland's suspension. How do you feel your time on special teams helps you as you prepare to probably assume a bigger role this year? Um, spe special teams help, help me get my edge. It helped me fill out the energy. It just helps me defense-wise in general. You got to start the game off and finish the game off with special teams. So being on that, being on that, on that special team, you, you're special, and it just helps me 
like I don't know, it just bring out more fuel when, after you after you done did a special teams rep or just did anything special teams wise. It's great. Let's go to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. You're a younger player in the league. Um, when you were in college and a lot of this, the demonstrations and things first started the National Football League with Colin Kaepernick, what were your thoughts about that when, as a young player and how much have you kind of moved through evolving your thoughts on those things as you become a pro and do you, what do you think is going to maybe happen when you guys hit the field on uh, that Thursday night against the Texans? Um, you know, I, I am a young player, so um, Mr. Kaepernick was, was demonstrating them type of things. Um, I was at the University of South Carolina and it was some things going on there as well. They still had the Confederate flag at the state house when I was a freshman there at Carolina. So um, it, it was a real eye opener. I'm coming from Miami, Florida, where it's a real diverse place. It's a melting pot. Everyone treats each other equally there. And that's how I was born and raised. Um, you, down there, it's, it's hard to point fingers at anyone because your parents wasn't, wasn't even born here. You know what I mean? So it, 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 it's just, it's just, goes to say um whatever you want to represent it's a free country man um i can't hate one man for being different to me or demonstrating anything different if that's what you feel you need to express yourself on as a man you you should be able to do so without any judgment and that's just to just go a long way um and just to go so with us um i feel like this team is built on it's a unity we are a brotherhood and everything we're going we, we sticking strong with what's going on in society. So um, I feel like everything could just go smoothly. It, it won't be too much of a, a chaos here. I, I don't think um, we all have the same vision here. We've got time for two more quick ones, guys. Let's go Pete and then Sam. Go ahead, Pete. Morning, Rashad. We had an opportunity to talk to Sam Madison yesterday, and, and he said that coming into camp, you knew that you'd be more of a dual guy inside, outside. You played a lot of inside last year. I mean, you're going to be a critical part of this team considering you're doing both things. Just how has that gone, this training camp? What's made you feel confident that you'll be able to pull that off going into the regular season? Um, it's going good. My coaches prepared me for this moment, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, off-season-wise, of course, I had to take things into my hand off-season, but um, just like last year, man, when my number's called, I'm going to do my job well done. From Miami, Florida, um, I'm prepared for, for whatever the coaches have for me. Um, whenever my number going to be called, I'm going to be ready to do it to the best of my ability. That's all I can do. Go to Sam McDowell for the last one. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Rashad. Just to um, build off of what Pete just asked you, but you played a lot of slot cornerback last last year. What are the different challenges of playing inside compared to, you know, I, I know you played a lot of outside in college. Um, you know, you just you just mess with different receivers, different frames. Um, Got to be more cautious, of course, when you're a cornerback of um, splits, um, just what, what ball the hash is on. This is more so just understanding the game on a different level when you're at corner. And, and you know, of course, if you're inside, you got to, we're about run game and et cetera. So um, just those little aspects alone, you just got to be more cautious about when you're aligned. Rashad, we appreciate the time today, my friend. Thank you. I yes, uh, appreciate that. Welcome back to a rather long edition of From the Podium. We continue on with Chief Special Teams Coordinator Dave Tobe. Hey, Coach. How are you? How, how you guys doing? Good. Um, I know when, when you guys make roster decisions this time of year or in the next week or so that a lot goes into that, but how much 
of the, that factor is preseason games. What you see on film in preseason games in a typical year? Uh, really a lot. You know, when we had preseason games, that was a big factor, especially on special teams, because that was the only time that we really went live and saw somebody tackle or block uh, live. But now, you know, we have to make decisions off of practice, like I said last week. And, uh, you know, we meet every night as a staff, and, and we go over each guy, and we evaluate each guy, and we put grades on them. And, you know, and we're really, really, I mean, obviously all we're doing is looking at practice and, and, and that's all we really can do. And, uh, you know, everybody's in there, everybody hears what each guy says, so we know where everybody stands. Let's go to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, along those same lines, what, what Sam there just asked, um, the fifth or sixth wide receiver position often comes down to their ability to contribute on special teams. What specific traits do you look for in order before you determine they're pulling away from the rest of the pack? Well, what we're looking for is guys like Pringle, <laughs> guys like Kemp, guys like Dieter. I mean, we are so fortunate. Our, our wide receiver uh, crew and, and core is, is really, really, really good on special teams. I mean, uh, all the way down the line from, from DeMarcus on down. So uh, it's, it, it's a solid group. You know, I, I love McColl. I mean, I love all those guys. Uh, the only guy we really don't use is, is, is 14. You know, I mean, <laughs> besides that, we, everybody has a role on special teams, and, and every one of them is, it brings something to the table. Let's go to Seren. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, coach, around the league, a uh, number of teams choosing not to practice today. Coach Reed talked about the conversation that was had yesterday. I'm just curious uh, any, you know, what the tone was like, whether or not there was a conversation today and what your personal opinion is about yeah, the teams not practicing. Well, uh, I mean, I, I really feel for what's going on. I mean, it's, it's really a shame that, you know, it's, we're still dealing with this. Uh, um, that's really how I feel about it, but. Uh, you know, our, our team is a solid group. They love each other. We talk all the time, um, you know, and I think Coach Reed really has a great handle on the whole situation. Uh, you know, he talks with the, with the leaders of our team, and, and, and if something said, you know, behind closed doors, I don't hear about everything that goes on, you know, but I know we have – there's a lot of great conversations going on within our football team right now. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Coach, thanks for taking some time. I have just two things. I was wondering if you could provide some insight on, on what you're seeing right now at the, the gunner position, and then I was just curious about uh, what Rodney Clemens could potentially bring to the table. Yeah, the, the gunner position is looking pretty good. I mean, we, ha we have some good solid depth there, and we brought a, a Antonio Hamilton in from the Giants, who uh, probably was the Giants' number one gunner uh, last year. I mean, when you put the tape on, he made a lot of plays for him, and uh, we're really happy to add him uh, you know, to the mix. So right now, I'd, I'd, I'd probably say, uh, you know, Antonio is in the lead with, uh, with Pringle. You know, obviously Pringle was our gunner all year last year. And then we have a number of guys, you know, behind, that, behind them. I mean, Kemp, he was a, he was a starting gunner for us, and, and he's really looking, really looking good this, this offseason coming, coming off his knee injury. He's looking good. And uh, other guys that can play it, uh, you know, Robinson can play it. Um, uh, Fenton can play it. I mean, I, there's a, there's a number of guys that can play gunner for us. And, and some of these young guys look good too. You know, the, you know, the Sneeds of the world and, and, and Bo Peak keys. I mean, they're all uh, contributors and, and they're all going to help us this year. We've got time for a couple more guys. Let's go Adam and then Nate. Go ahead, Adam. Hey Dave, how you doing today? How you doing Adam? Good. Hey, um, just along the lines of what we've been talking about here, do, do you have a feel for some of your younger guys and what you have? You mentioned Snead a little bit, but I was wondering about Snead, uh, Willie Gay, Darius yeah. Harris, uh, those kind of guys. 
Yeah, Do you have a feel for what, what you're going to get out of them when the season starts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, because, I mean, really, you see, you see what's going on in practice and you see good things. But when, when it's live bullets, you're, you're just not going to know until we get in there and play. You know, I, I know there's going to be, you know, a, a period of um, learning that, that's going to go on in the first two games with these young players uh, because you can't match the speed that you're going to get. You know, and, and all you can do is talk about it every day. We talk about it every day. We, we watch tape. We watch, uh, you know, regular season tape so they can see how fast it is. But it's hard to mimic that in practice. So, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are going to have to learn on the run. And uh, I think we're in a good position right now. We're getting a lot of practice in. Uh, we're getting plenty of time to work on things. Uh, we just we just hope that, uh, you know, if they do make a mistake, it's not a huge one, uh, but everybody will make a mistake. And, uh, you know, we just move on and don't don't make the same mistake twice. I mean, that's what we try to do on special teams. Let's go to Nate Taylor to finish off. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Dave. Thanks again. Hey, Nate. Um, I know you mentioned earlier sort of the discussion going on with the team in relation to everything that's happening in the country and other teams obviously uh, not practicing today. Yeah, I just wanted to follow up on that and, and ask if you could give perhaps an example that demonstrates sort of the unity and sort of the conversation between players and coaches as you guys move closer to opening night, considering that you guys are two weeks away now from that being, uh, from that being the case about how you guys want to move forward. Well, I just know our team is close, you know, and I know, I know we, you know, we talk about everything. I mean, nothing, nothing's really uh, uh, kept, a, kept a secret. You know, I mean, we, and Coach Reed's the one that sets the table for that. You know, he, he sets the table in, in meetings, uh, you, know, when he, you know, when we're behind closed doors. And, and, you know, without talking about everything that, you know, we do there, I, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know that it's an open conversation and, and, and everybody, um, you know, is, is, is free to say what they want to say. Coach, we appreciate the time today. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Good morning, Tommy. We haven't talked to you in a, in a long time. Just generally speaking, wide net here. How has training camp gone, and what makes you think you're you're ready for your first professional opportunity here? Yeah, uh, training training camp's been awesome so far. I mean, it's it's super exciting. I mean, it's my you know my my rookie season, uh, rookie training camp, and um, obviously, it's not how I would have expected my rookie training camp to go. As far as you know, all like the uh, the COVID precautions and stuff like that. But, you know, um, you know, our, our staff's been doing a great job of. Uh, you know, keeping us socially distanced and keeping everybody safe. But, but yeah, no, training camp's been going great. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to get going for the season. Let's go to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Tommy, uh, we've been asking a lot of questions of, of players about the social justice issues. You've probably got a unique perspective. Is a white guy who's a young guy who hasn't, hasn't been in the league. What sort of conversations have been like? We heard Coach Madison say a lot of conversations around the lunch tables and stuff you guys are all having. What have you learned? What have you kind of taught people about your upbringing and, and kind of, you know, getting along with everyone? Has it been eye-opening for you? Yeah, definitely. You know, the biggest thing for me, I think, is just listening and learning from uh, from my teammates. You know, it's it's always good to step back and learn. Um, and I think that's that's been something that's been happening a lot, you know, recently. And our, our vets and team leaders have been doing a great job of, you know, bringing awareness and doing everything we can to uh, to start moving forward and create change. So, uh, so, you know, that's something I'm looking forward to, just, you know, keeping this, the discussions going and just continuing to learn. Let's go to Harold Koontz. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Tommy. Hope you're doing well, man. Um, Thank you. 
my question is pretty much the same question I've been asking of every player. And that is, you know, you see the news and it's hard to kind of stay off of social media, but seeing stuff that's happened with, uh, you know, George Floyd, Jacob uh, Blake, and mm-hmm. everything that's happened in the past four or five years. A uh, common expression a lot of people use is how tired they are, how exhausted they are. Yep. How tired are you and how exhausted are you of seeing all this in the news? Uh, well, you know, this is like, this is something that's that's very new to me and it's something that is you know, a lot of lights being shed on it now. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely something that uh, it's, it's sparking, you know, inside of me that's making me want to go forward and create change and, uh, and do what I can to help out. Um, but yeah, it's it, a lot of the stuff going on. It's just, it, it is tiring. I mean, even this short period of time that I've really been seeing it on social media, it's, it's exhausting to see. And, you know, I, I hate seeing it and I hate see how it, uh, seeing how it, you know, affects my teammates and how it affects their families. And, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously not right. And it's, uh, you know, something that we got to do better at and we got to change. Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Tommy. I'm, from the outsider's perspective, it seems like the punter's job making the transition from college to the NFL doesn't really change all that much. But you're mm-hmm. living it right now. What does change when you make this next step here? Uh, you know, the biggest thing is scheme. Um, you know, in, in college, we usually have spread punts, um, but, you know, we, we're using the pro, fu- uh, pro punt formation. So it's, it's just a bit different. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm used to having shields and uh, a couple of linemen as blockers, you know, seven yards in front of me. And now it's a little bit more open. Um, and also, you know, just the speed of the game. Uh, you know, everybody in the NFL is super talented and, um, you know, they're great players and they play hard. So, uh, so I think that's, you know, that's the biggest difference is just, you know, talent all across the board. It's just, you know, it's tremendous. So it's just, uh, you know, just, just being ready and staying on my toes. Looks like we've got two more. Let's go Adam and then Lynn. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Tommy, how are you doing today? Doing great. You? Good. Thanks. A couple things real quick. Um, First of all, um, what, you, when you got here, obviously the Chiefs had uh, Tyler Newsom as well. What was that like when you heard that the Chiefs had let him go and you were going to be the only guy left here in camp? And number two, um, you're going to be playing Baltimore here in a few weeks. If uh, Johnny sticks around, what's that going to be like playing against him for the first time, I think, right? Yeah. And um, who are your mom and dad going to be rooting for that day? <laughs> that night? Yeah, that's a good question. Um you know, I guess, yeah, to take a couple steps back and answer your first question, I mean, nothing really changes for me. I mean, I'm still preparing the same way. I'm still, uh, you know, on my toes, just trying to go out and uh, perform the best I can and just keep getting better every single day. Um, you know, since, like I said earlier, the NFL is, you know, completely different. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can, as fast as I can, and, uh, you know, continuing to progress in um you know, in, in everything I can do, whether it's punting or, um, you know, holding with, uh, working on my holding with, uh, with James and Harrison. Um, and, uh, so yeah, just, just trying to continue to move forward there, but, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens when it comes to, uh, to Baltimore. I mean, I'm definitely excited for that. I mean, we, uh, we had a little bit of, a little bit of that back in, uh, back in 2015, I went to Tennessee my freshman year and, uh, uh, we traveled down and we played at Florida. So we, I, I got to play against Johnny then. Um, so, so that was, that was a cool experience, but, you know, uh, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, it uh, it wouldn't be a bad thing if uh, you know I saw him on the field, but I uh, can't say my parents would go for either of us. I'm not sure. I think they'd be split between them. Both they're both tremendously supportive. So uh, I don't know. Dad might be in one jersey, mom might be in the other. Who knows? But uh, Lynn Jennings to close us out. Go ahead, Lynn. 
Hey, Tommy, uh, Dave Tone talked, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago about how you was on your, you were on his radar during the combine, but he also talked about how he's impressed with you working with James and uh, Harrison. How important has it been for you to work with those guys and developing that relationship and, and some of the things that you're benefiting from, from James and Harrison, what have you learned from those guys working with them? Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's been the biggest thing is just learning from them. You know, they're, they're both veterans in the NFL now. They're both they've been super successful in what they do. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just sitting back and learning as much as I can when I can. I mean, I talk to James every day about what, you know, stuff that I can do differently when, uh, you know, in punting and um, same thing with talking to Harrison, just trying to figure out what, what I can do to, you know, help him out the most and uh, help him make, make him the most successful kicker, you know, he can be. Um so yeah, it's just you know it's a it's a process of continuing to learn you know like I said as a rookie. So uh, so I'm I'm excited to keep progressing and keep moving forward and you know take it into the season. Tommy, we appreciate the time today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, coach. Good to see you again. You've been working with Patrick since the really the moment that you both guys got to Kansas City. I'm curious, in the film room, how have you seen him develop as someone that can evaluate opponents and evaluate film? And is there any story that you can remember about an incident where Patrick saw something on film and then was able to apply it on the field? Yeah, that's a great question. Pat, Pat does a phenomenal job in the, in, the, in the film room watching, studying tape, um, you know, very intricate details of, of defenders and or indicators. Uh, one, one example that comes to mind was um, last year against Denver. They had brought one pressure, you know, way, this is, we were playing Denver late in, the, late in the season and they had brought a pressure maybe midway to early in the season. And really it was only one time they had shown it. And we had watched it, you know, we had watched it through, throughout our blitz cut up, but um, you know, them only bringing it one time, Pat was able to diagnose it and they actually brought it in a game. Um, I think we hit Tyreek on the sideline on one of them, but um, he was able to at least see it at post snap, identify, get the ball out of his hands, um, it ended up being a big play, a big third down conversion for us. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Morning, Mike. I know a lot of folks outside the organization have kind of put a, a spotlight on you as potentially being this this next offensive coordinator candidate. And I, I know that probably comes uh, with uh, a lot of flattery, and, and you're honored for that. I'm just curious, as you learn from Eric Bieniemy and Coach Reed, when you are able to finally get that opportunity, what what type of things have they shown you that that'll stick with you, and that maybe you'll take on when you get that chance? Yeah, I think the the most important part is. Um, the, the attention, the details that Coach Bannemi, Coach Reed, they bring to the offense. Um, you know, really no detail is, is, is spared as far as what we want to do on offense from up front, the receiver room, running back room, tight ends, quarterback. So it's very well thought out. Um, you know, it's, it's sound to, um, to the offensive mind, and we put it into where we can give the quarterback answers and allow him to play freely and um, and give our receivers and, and ball carriers answers as well, you know. So we try to build that into the system, and, and that's one thing I've learned since being here over the last several years is, um, is being able to give the quarterback answers and give our um, skill players answers within the offense. Let's go to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Coach, uh, I'm curious what, uh, you know, quarterbacks lose. What, what, what's, what's the biggest loss they have? Uh, in particular, your backup guys, right, that are going to get a lot of the reps and not having these preseason games. What's the part that becomes the most difficult to, to either get them ready or to evaluate, uh, you know, maybe a younger guy like Tom? 
Yeah, the, the game the game situations and being out there with the live bullets is is definitely the the biggest part um, for a quarterback. And the game it's, the, it's everything's faster in the game, and so you really can't replicate that um, to a certain extent in practice. We try to whether it's drills or um, you know giving the quarterbacks you know fast mental mental games and mental uh, drills throughout practice to make them think fast and um, and shoot the ball fast. So. You try and simulate that as best you can throughout practice, but at the end of the day, when game game's going and you know it's we're we're rolling on offense, you got to be able to make quick decisions. So there's, um, it's tough to replicate that in practice. Let's go our last two, Nate and then Herbie. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Mike. Uh, I wanted to follow up with uh, what Matt asked you earlier. Uh, being a former NFL quarterback, understanding the awareness and the vision you have to have on the field whether it's watching film of Patrick over this offseason or just in person in live moments, just what impresses you most about Patrick's awareness given everything that's required from the quarterback position? Yeah, I think, I think Patrick's getting to the point in the offense where he kind of knows um, where his answers are. He knows where all the bones are buried on the play. So um, he's able to kind of um, anticipate like the counter moves um, within the offense to where, okay, if they're going to – I know that if a defense does this – kind of puts this play in a bind Well, I know my answer is to get out of it. And so I think that's where he's kind of grown the most from last year to this year and going into, going into this year really is really knowing where the, where the bones are buried and the, and, the, and the weak spots in the plays are. Let's go to Herbie with the last one. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, I'm going to take you back to your playing career. Um, you, oh, you've yeah. had the opportunity to be around the likes of Tom Brady, Adrian Peterson, um, even A.J. Green, your, your stint in Cincinnati. And obviously, they're all mega superstars. You now have one in your own quarterback room in Patrick Mahomes. What are some of the similarities for their mental makeup on, on how they are able to handle the, the, the spotlight that comes with being a mega superstar? No, I, I appreciate that question. You know, and, to be, and to be fair, I probably wasn't around those guys long enough um, to really give a great answer uh, to speak on them personally. But I think um, – the, the thing that Pat brings is his competitive spirit is, is, is incredible. Um, he, he, I think he's, he's able to lift and build up the guys that are in that huddle, um, build himself up as well with his confidence. Um, I think that right there is um, in, in his competitive spirit, confidence and competitive spirit, that's, that's what separates them and that's what makes them great, I think. Welcome back into From the Podium. We're finishing up with some Chiefs assistant coaches. We continue on with Chiefs wide receivers coach, Greg Lewis. I wanted to ask you about McCall Hardman. When you guys departed for the offseason, what kind of things did, did you tell him that you wanted to see him improve and work on in the offseason? And how efficient do you feel like he is now, now that you've seen him in training camp? Well, I wanted him to work on just becoming bigger, uh, more explosive. Uh, obviously, he was explosive last year, but he has more in him and just understanding all facets of the offense. And I think he did a wonderful job this offseason of doing those things and coming back prepared and ready to get to work. So I'm excited where he is right now and what's to come with him. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Morning. Uh, good morning, Coach. Good morning. Um, curious about the system, and I know there's an emphasis always put on learning each position uh, in the offense. And I – like almost similar to McColl, how do you balance, okay, uh, we want you to learn every position, but at the same time really hone in on, on my, what might be something particular that you really want them to focus on? Well, it, it's a juggling act with all the receivers that are involved here. 
my big thing and what coach preaches to me is make sure everybody knows every position because in a game situation, you, you never know who could go down and whatnot. And we need to continue to put guys in position to be successful. So understanding everything is big. And then just technique wise, just making sure everybody's on the same page and able to do the same things. And some may be better than others, but we're able to get the job done with whomever is out there. Let's go to Robert Rimson. Go ahead, Robert. Hey, Coach. So Jody Forson is a guy that's had a great camp this year. Uh, what do you think is the biggest difference? What's the biggest difference that you see between him last year and him this year? Understanding the offense. Jody came in as a tryout guy, and we released him, and then he came back, and this he was playing tight end, and then he moved to receiver. So just really being able to focus on one position, understanding what's going on with the offense at, at the receiver position, that made it, that's allowed him to play faster and play more physical and, and let his natural talents show. And I think he's done a tremendous job of that throughout this offseason and up and through the training camp thus far. Uh, he's a guy that, that's a workaholic. He wants to be great. Uh, he's going to do everything possible to give himself the best opportunity to be a part of what we're doing. Let's go to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Coach, Sammy Watkins uh, had did a number of interviews uh, during this offseason, and, and one of the things he said was, the coaches want me to get 1,000 yards, I'll get 1,000 yards, right? Mm -hmm. what, 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 how do you take that? When you, when you hear that comment from, from one of your players, what, what, what do you think he means by that? What, what was your reaction to hearing that? Nothing. I, I didn't have a reaction to it whatsoever. Uh, I'm around all the guys a lot. I know their personalities. I, I know how they act and how they react to different situations. And Sammy's a team guy, just like every other receiver within the group is, is team-oriented. If Sammy's called upon, he's ready to answer the bill. If Tyreek is called upon, he's ready to answer the bill. Same with D-Rob, same with McColl, and on down the line with everybody that we have. So uh, everybody in the NFL, all players want to have success. That's why we're here. We're competitive, and, and they want to be shown that way. But at the end of the day, we're all a team here, and, and that's how our guys approach it, uh, and that's what they believe in, and that's what got us where we were last year. And last year is last year, obviously, but – we have that same mentality of whatever it takes for us to be successful, that's what I'm willing to do. And you saw it in the first game last year with Sammy, 300 yards, and then in the playoffs, he's, he's dominating uh, each playoff series or each playoff game that we had. So when his number is called, he's ready to answer. We've got time for two more. Let's go Nate and then Adam. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Greg, one guy that um, I'm sure you were thrilled to see and have gotten about a week now to get to evaluate is Marcus Kemp. Um, he appeared to be on his way to making the roster last year before his injury. Uh, just what do you most appreciate as to what he's done to get back and what have you seen so far uh, in this year's camp? Well, me personally, uh, I, I was devastated, so to speak, when, when Kemp got hurt last year because he's a guy that's worked consistently every day since he's been here. And he was having a tremendous camp last year. And I, I believe he was on his way to making a team, like you said. Uh, getting him back has been awesome. It's been awesome. He, he knows everything. He's a guy that works. And it's not any questions about anything. He's going to be diligent with everything he has to do. Uh, and he brings a, a special team's value uh, unlike any other. So it's exciting to have him be a part of the room again. And we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Let's go to Adam with the last one. Go ahead, Adam. 
Hey, Greg, I wanted to ask you about Tyreek and kind of what's the next frontier for him? What um, Are there areas of his game you want to see him expand as opposed to maybe just general improvement from last year to this year? Well, I mean, he didn't get all of last year in. He had some injury and whatnot, and now he has a full offseason, so to speak, with, with what everybody else has. And training camp going, uh, I think that he's right where he needs to be. Um, his mentality is continuing to get better and progress and dominate at a high level. And I think he's doing that with, with his work ethic in the classroom and then in the training room, in the weight room, and then on the field. And it's all translating to a positive place for him uh, when he gets those opportunities. So I'm excited to where he is. Uh, I see growth and development. I've seen it each and every year that we've been together, uh, which is a positive. And I'm just looking forward to the next step for him. Uh, developing and becoming uh, more of a dominant player. I was curious about Antonio Hamilton, and now that you guys have been able to work with him for a few weeks, do you see him more as an inside guy or an outside guy, maybe a little bit of both? Just was wondering your evaluation. Yeah, you know, since Hamilton has been here, he's very smart. You know, we talked to a lot of people where, where he came from, the Giants, and just understanding that his his strong points. But, you know, right now we're using him in, in multiple roles. You know, we're using him on the inside. We're using him on the outside, you know, because he has done both um, in his career. So, you know, just trying to find the best pieces to the puzzle to put out there on the football field so we can win some games. But he's definitely going to have an opportunity to be able to help us uh, to, in, in multiple uh, positions. And, you know, that was something, the same thing that Kendall Fuller was able to do for us last year. Let's go to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Steve, what's happening? Not much, man. Uh, with everything that's going on between uh, yesterday and today, teams boycotting for change, causing games to be canceled across sports, and some NFL teams canceling practice. Being a black you know, coach in pro sports, was it hard for you to come in today? And also, uh, what have some of the conversations been like within the team within the last 24 to 48 hours? Yeah, well, you look at this team and, you know, just playing under Coach Reed, man, I tip my hat off to Coach Reed. You know, he really, you know, opened up, you know, the the, the locker room as well as the, the coaching staff, you know, to be able to communicate about this issue um, and just seeing what the, the NBA players are doing around the National Football League and just listening to our players, our leaders who, who we have have a number of guys on this uh, roster that, you know, put their best foot forward over the last couple of months really to, you know, to talk about this issue, you know. Um, it, it just was something that we're open to. We're very open to understanding and, and making sure that we're doing the right things and making sure the guys are able to express themselves about this situation. So, you know, Coach Reed has been really good about that and, and the players, they're definitely doing their due diligence and making the right decision for our football team. But as a whole as a group as one um, playing in this league for for 12 years in the past I really tip my hat off to these young guys you know for really taking a step forward but yet still the organization's understanding and finally seeing the things that we've been able to talk about over the last 50 60 years and now it's starting to come to the forefront so just really um, hope that you know as a country you know we continue to pray and hopefully you know be a one accord but as of right now you know our players they're doing their due diligence um, and coach Reed is giving them the opportunity and the platform to be able to do that and be able to express themselves um, as well. It's kind of Nate Taylor go ahead Nate. Hey Sam uh, hey, Nate. really appreciate this man I have two questions for you um, one is about Rashad Fitton. He seems to just improve <clears throat> since the moment he sort of came to you guys. Just what have you seen from him and his growth? And then secondly, 
Um, sort of following up with what you just said, you know, I know coaches giving guys the ability to sort of communicate as to what they want to do on opening night. If guys choose to express themselves or choose to do something similar to what we've seen over the last week, what do you want fans and just the general public to know about the men that you see every day before they make such a gesture? All right, good. Yeah, I'll talk uh, about Rashard Fenton right first. Um, you know, since Rashard has come here um, from South Carolina last year, you know, a late-round draft pick, you know, he's just been working extremely hard. You saw later on in the season, Coach Spags was able to de develop him and allow him, you know, to play special teams, but yet and still continue to put him in positions where we played him a lot at nickel last year, um, and we did move him out to the corner a little bit, and he, he played some there. So, you know, coming into this camp, you know, he knew his exact role being able he was going to be a dual guy so you know he's playing faster you know and now have an opportunity to mix him in with the ones with the twos playing corner playing nickel is putting a lot on his plate but yet still making sure that he understands that he's going to be needed in those roles uh later on during the season so you know with him he he is working hard every single day i really like his work ethic ethic that he's putting in. He's making some plays. He's around the ball. His quickness, um, he, he showed some bursts um, throughout the, the course of, of this camp. So he did a lot of work on the offseason, and we're just going to put him in the best position to be able to make plays for us. And, you know, to answer your second question, um, you know, whatever these guys come up come up with um, throughout uh, whatever they do in the first game, you know, Coach Reed is definitely going to be open to it. Um, we will have discussions. We have team meetings where we're opening up and having guys have the opportunity to communicate and, and talk about the issues. Um, and so look for guys to be on the same page. And throughout the course of the day when, um, when the cameras are off and these guys are out there working, you know, it, it's – it's a one team, you know, these guys throughout the course of the last uh, couple of months, last couple of weeks, these guys have been communicating. You can see them sitting around the dinner table, around the lunch table, having these discussions. So that is really good that they're having these discussions and, you know, both sides understanding where they're coming from. But, you know, they're doing a really good job and with the issues and but yet still coming here, getting good work, but still doing work behind the scenes of what's really going on in today's world in our society. Let's go to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, always a pleasure to see you. What's up, Herb? How are you, man? Hey, I'm well, thanks. I don't see the palm trees in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're back in camp, finally. <laughs> hey, a, a couple of days ago, we watched LeJarius Sneed um, stay with Tyreek Hill deep down the field. And if you remember that play, he was able to turn around and knock the pass away at the last minute. Um, with the exception of his, his obvious speed, what are you seeing out of Legereus, um that makes you think that, hey, this guy could potentially contribute immediately if he's called upon? Oh, uh, man, just looking at him as a young player and just trying to make sure that we develop him because we – any guy that comes into this uh, training camp, camp that came into this camp, we're looking for them to be able to help us down the road. And, you know, Jerris, he's picking up the lingo. Um, you know, is he picking it up a as fast as we want to? No, but he is working at it. And at this point, you know, he's feeling comfortable. So, uh, like I said before, being able to rotate him in with the ones, with the twos, when you're with the ones, the ones, all they do is communicate. Tyron Matthew, he tells everybody what to do. He knows what he's supposed to do. 
and having somebody communicate those things to you that quickly now you can go out and play fast I didn't have to work we didn't have to work on him with his foot speed or with his quickness being aggressive at the line of scrimmage he came with those tools after being able to watch film and the scouts you know putting that in front of us and for us to have an opportunity to make a decision to be able to bring him in so with that you know just having the opportunity to put him in those positions to understand you know the speed of college versus the NFL and having to do it over and over you don't have to go to class anymore this is your class work every single day so being in that playbook being in the iPad understanding the different calls and the different situations um, that coach is trying to put you in as well as coach Reed putting um, in those different situations and then going out and executing so you know to be able to see him run downfield and for when he was at the combine having an opportunity to talk to him and knowing what he likes to do you know it just was a, a, a pretty good match for us so you know he just got to do it every single play every single day and just learn how to become a pro in the National Football League. All right, guys, we've got a we'll run out of time a little bit here. We've got two more up. Let's go, Seren and then Adam. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Coach, thank you for the time. Uh, yes. Kind of like uh, dovetail off what Nate Taylor was talking about there, uh, about the players in a demonstration. Bill O'Brien of the Houston Texans earlier in the summer said, uh, if his players choose to kneel, he will kneel. What, what will you personally do? Have, has there been discussions as a coaching staff, as an organization, about whether there's going to be – we're all in this together as support. You, you said they will all be in together when you're talking to the players, but will the organization be there and be a part of any demonstration or oh, will yeah. it? Go ahead, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. Um, Coach Reed, like I said, man, one of the best um, coaches in the National Football League, and he's given these guys the platform, you know, to be able to open up and be able to express themselves, you know, at this time. So whatever the, the, the organization, meaning the players, the coaches, the administration, they choose, and we're going to be one. We're going to be uh, together on all the issues that's going on right now. So once we get to that point, Coach Reed is going to sit down. They have meetings with the with the with the player uh, players group um, and I'm pretty sure they have those communications and coach will definitely relay them to us and I believe every last one of these coaches on this coaching staff will be in in um, be in solidarity with whatever the players choose and just like just watching these guys throughout the course of the day you know on the practice field off the practice field in the locker room in the training room they have a lot of respect for one another and you know just having and like I said before playing in this league you know uh, you always have your brother's back um, and and I think everybody will be on one accord so um, we'll just wait to see uh, exactly what these guys want to do and then I'm pretty sure the coaches will follow as well as the organization as well. Let's go to Adam for the last one. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Sam. I uh, wanted to ask you yeah. about Rashad Breeland. Uh, obviously, you guys are going to be losing him here in a little bit. What's your advice for him for those four weeks between the time his suspension starts and the time he can rejoin you guys? Um, yeah, just keep his, my, his mental uh, in, in check. You know, um, uh, last year we had a guy as well um, in, in um, that that was in a similar situation, and Breland is looking back on what he did, and he was always engaged with the players, being able to have an opportunity to give them those little tidbits of, of what they should and what they shouldn't, because we're going to have a lot of young guys that's out there that's going to be playing that don't have many years in the league, so we're going to need his veteran presence and his voice just as much as if he was here, so, you know, for him 
him just continue to stay in shape because once he do come back, we're expecting him to come back and be that veteran present to be able to come in and help us out. So um, on a continual basis, just wanting him to come out there, be a leader like he's been so far and helping these young guys because he knows that his reps are going to be limited. He's continued to get his uh, work on the side and, and staying after practice and getting running in. So um, he's doing all the right things, um, knowing that, you know, that this is a, a, a marathon. It's just not a sprint. And he understands because he's been through it last year before. So um, just being there mentally for our young guys, but yet and still keeping his mental in in uh in check as well and knowing that he is a part of this organization but he just has a four-game suspension and he's just gonna have to go he's gonna have to do it and we're gonna hold him down until he comes back coach madison we appreciate your time thank you all right thank you guys have a great day you too well matt thanks for joining us hey nate how you doing doing well man doing well i uh i know you are i know you guys are not technically into Texans week just yet as you guys finish up camp. But looking at the tape of last year, knowing the Texans personnel, knowing how you're trying to work with Willie Gay, is there a specific sub package? Maybe you don't want to give away necessarily what it is, but is there a certain sub package or role that you think he may be able to contribute? On uh, I'll be honest with you. We're in the very preliminary, preliminary deal with the Texans and we're careful not to flip the script too quick. You know what I mean? Because Two reasons. One, we're still we're still evaluating. We're still uh, competing to improve. And two, we don't want to get stale by getting into it too quick. So we're still working through that process. Let's go to Sarin Petra. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Coach, uh, I'm curious. How much do you lose? Not uh, you know. I, I know you, you guys. There's a little bit of knowing what the other side's doing, right? When the offense stops and says, "Hey, run it again," and all that, and guys can kind of cheat a little bit. You get to know your opponent when you're playing them every single day. So how much do you lose in the evaluation process, not getting to go up against a team you don't know what they're doing, you don't know their personnel? Yeah, I think you definitely lose the aspect of uh, guys reacting, but that's one of the advantages of going against our offense day in and day out. They're so multiple. Uh, they do so much and they challenge your eyes. Uh, they challenge you with different personnel groups, multiple formations, shifts and motions. So, to be honest with you, we're very fortunate to, to be able to compete against that offense as compared to some teams. Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Matt. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, man? Good. Um, I wanted to ask you about Darius Harris. Since he didn't uh, practice for you guys all last year, what, what have you, have you – anything you've learned about him in the few weeks of practice you've had? Uh, you've seen him now in the practice field? Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's like some of the other young guys. He's trying to knock some rust off uh, at the beginning. And uh, as, as we've got into camp, he's slowly gotten better and better every day. Um, you know, certainly for a guy that hasn't played in a year, there's, there's some uh, growing pains. But he's definitely improved throughout the camp. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Good morning, Coach House. Uh, just had a question regarding um, – your Mike linebackers had been mentioned among the staff with Spags that uh, Willie Gay would be working as the backup Sam. And I was wondering who among your younger guys might be a fit for, for more of that Mike role. Well, you know, the one thing that we try to do is we try to train those guys in multi roles because especially in the situation we're in right now, you don't know who's going to be up and who's going to be down, you know, Hitch and Ben have taken the majority of our Mike reps, but we've, we've repped a variety of guys in that position just in case that we get forced into that 
that realm of things. And we in a, in a game week, we got to adapt and adjust. We've got two more questions, guys. Let's go Herbie and then Matt. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. Um, Coach Reed said last week that uh, the biggest thing he's seeing out of Ben Neiman is his from last year to this year is his strength. Um, what are some of the, the things you're seeing out of Ben uh, as we get ready to close out camp? Because he's been a busy guy out there. Yeah, I got to agree with Coach. Strength and then also just the confidence. I think uh, last year as he developed a bigger and bigger role, he grew more confident. And this year being in, in a second year doing similar things, his confidence has improved. Go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Matt. Good to see you again. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, following up with Herbie there about Ben Neiman, um, he's just he's shown a lot of flexibility for you in being able to play multiple positions. Um, how valuable is that? And you know, how valuable, too, is it to have a guy like that behind Anthony Hitchens that can be your quarterback out there? I think it's huge. One, he's, Ben's just got a good feel for the game. Um, he, sees, he sees the game from a wide, wide lens. And uh, that definitely helps you. And, and the more flexibility you have, the more you can get a guy ready with limited reps, which helps too. Coach House, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care.